Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks... Then, there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Are you ready, kids? Get your parents' permission, check your mailbox, and grab your shopping cart. It's time for the Adventures in Collecting podcast. I'm Eric. And I'm Dave. Welcome Welcome to Adventures Adventures in Collecting, Collecting, where we talk toy news, culture, and hauls, along with our journeys as collectors. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Adventures in Collecting. Hello. Dave, uh, we, we are back. We are. Uh, coming off of hot off of our Halloween special uh, a couple weeks ago, yeah, we, we got to kill one of our best friends again, and and then we're gonna forget that that even happened next year. Yeah, that's it's the, funny how that works. Little peek behind the storyline curtain. There. <laughs> there is no canon if everything is canon. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, in 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 uh, another longstanding re- uh, tradition outside of our Halloween episode. Eric, um, since it's post Halloween, we're not going to we're going to unbury the lead. Ooh, spooky. <laughs> yes, everyone loves a good un, undead lead. Um yeah, so I am not going to bury the lead. Of course, we we do have guests with us today. Guests plural. Um but before we introduce them, uh there's something special about 3 and 3 quarter inch five point of articulation action figures. Some of the most iconic franchises and IPs have had toys in this format over the last 50 years or so. Today, we're joined by Mark Morse and Roman Cortez of Plastic Meatball, a company that is continuing that rich history by delivering beloved characters from the past and present in that iconic format. Mark and Roman, welcome to Adventures in Collecting. Thanks, guys. Happy to be here, yeah. Yay. So so we're... We're unabashed longtime fans of Plastic Meatball. Uh, da- mm-hmm. Dave, uh, you know, clued me in into you guys during the, uh, the the Psycho Gorman run, and it's just like you guys have just been, you know, on fire <laughs> since yeah. since that. So we're we're very very excited to chat sure. with you guys today and and take a take a deep dive into uh, into Plastic Meatball. But before we get started. Uh, this is a show about collecting. So the first thing that we ask all of our guests, uh, what are you guys currently collecting? You can go first, Mark. Mm, um, I'm sort of all over the map. Um, let's see. I think I've been buying a lot of the, uh, the Eagle Moss hero collector ships since they kind of went out of business and then master replicas kind of picked it up and they've been doing these drops 
couple times a week. So I've been I've been into that a little bit. And then um, for the last couple of years, I've gotten into uh, vintage movie posters and more like um, I love the Italian posters. The artwork was always just so different and and would come alive and it just had a a rawness to it. So I've been picking up a lot of uh, two panels and, and stuff like that from auction sites. Ooh. Very cool. Very Any cool. What, what's what's what are some of the uh, the recent movies that you've picked up? Oh man, um, I got. And again, the, the thing that's stupid is I know that these will never go up on a wall. <laughs> They'll stay folded in a flat <laughs> pile somewhere. But I got uh, I got an, an amazing uh, two panel Italian version uh, of um, Break Into Electric Boogaloo which is just amazing. <laughs> the artwork on that. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. Not, not what I that expected rules. you to say. I don't know what no. I expected you to yeah. say, but it definitely wasn't breaking too. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing is that sometimes you're going around and you're, you're looking at stuff and you go, this is just so ridiculous. I must have it. And that's, that's kind of where my head goes a lot of the time. Yeah, and it's funny when people talk about uh, movie posters. I mean, this this comes up not super frequently in, in conversation, but when it does, it's like the two countries that I always hear are the the Italian variants and the Japanese variants mm-hmm. in terms of the vintage movie posters. Those tend to be the two kind of like sweet spots with the uh, in that market. But yeah, it's it's posters are fascinating to me because <laughs> you know in the world of action figures, right? You know, it's you have a certain display real estate that you have right. to play with. Like everybody does, you know, in their, in their house, but with posters, it's like run out real fast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's always interesting to see how everything's like sold in, yeah. in different countries. Yeah. Yeah. Who's, who's the main character for this all of a sudden. Right. And and who are they going to focus on and things, but yeah, you're absolutely right. When it comes to real estate, I, uh, I, I had a hard time explaining to my wife why I needed a uh, a billboard size Rocky two poster, <laughs> twenty four sheets. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> you have another billboard too, don't you? You have something else. I've got a few. Yeah, I've got a Tron, a French Tron one that I thought. Oh, well, if we ever if we ever get a big office, that would look good. And uh, I've got a Temple of Doom billboard as well. Awesome. That's awesome. I mean, that rules. (laughs) The thing that's great is that the bigger the poster is, the the less expensive it seems to be because nobody wants them. So it's like, oh, I can get an entire billboard for like $75. (laughs) It's cheaper than wallpaper. That's pretty good. That's true. Yeah. It's very, very true. I got to just put up some wallpaper somewhere, Mark. Yeah. My wife's going to love that. There you go. Right in your kitchen. Right in the kitchen, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that'll go over. That'll go over really well. Now, now, Roman, you get you get to follow that up somehow. I know. I don't. <laughs> I don't have any posters. You know, for a while there, I was collecting um, uh, movie posters, like the same thing, but poster card side size mm, because I didn't have okay. a room, so I was just like, oh, poster card, you know, uh, postcards. I can do that. That you know, that was I kind of stopped that a long time ago. But recently, I've been buying. Um, more like artist figures, uh, uh, like vinyl toys. So I have a lot of artist friends that make toys as well. So I've been uh, picking up theirs 
So I have like stuff from there's a guy named Kano, I got Tracy Tubera, Quest One, I got uh, something from Hyperactive Monkey, uh, who else? A guy named Nopel. So it's a bunch of like little figurines from that. Very, and then very I have cool. an elf puppet. Just cool. <laughs> yeah, for for those yeah. for those listening, we're we're currently looking at Alf, and he's uh, he's joined by by Yoda. They're they're mm-hmm. a great pair, great pair. Yeah, and I found I wanted that Yoda. I mean, it's one of the the original Yodas that came out back in the nine, like when they re released. So it was like ninety eight, ninety seven, and I wanted it so bad back then, and I couldn't afford it. I think it was like three hundred bucks, and I was like, oh, I should have bought it. And then I went to that last uh, celebration in Anaheim and somebody was selling it for, it was like 500 bucks and it was really good shape. And I was like, I'll offer you 300. And he's like, sold. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it is mine. Can't beat that. Yeah. Yeah. I only had to wait like 20 some years. So that was (laughs) good. It's like every now and then you still see one of those. um, I think they were a blockbuster, uh, like the, the episode one. Uh, puppet Yodas and like oh. the Jar Jar Binks, <laughs> the Pepsi, um, the Pepsi ones. Yeah. Oh yeah, I yeah. was gonna say the soda soda machine ones. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Everything. Oh yeah, yeah. When that re-release episode one came out, that's I got so into buying all the figures. Me and my friends, we would we would wait in the lines. We're all like waiting at midnight at Toys R Us, yep. like buying up everything. Mm-hmm. And then a few years later, you know, it was like worth nothing. F- figures can talk now with these Comtech chips that nobody cares about <laughs> and, you can and here's the, the really thing you cool need to buy in order to make them do that wear yeah. them around your neck like dog tags yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> i still have a, a jar jar though uh what is it? i think he's like two feet he's like half doll half he's half plush half plastic he just stands there yeah he's in a <laughs> container somewhere i haven't displayed him for a while <laughs> probably for the best <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I put him on my dashboard tomorrow. <laughs> Drive around. Just with a, him. Ha, he, that's he, how he, you know you're coming. Like it's just this two foot jar jar. Just you can yeah. see through the windshield. <laughs> that's how you get, get in the, the HOV lane. You, yeah. <laughs> put him on my seatbelt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I have another a Homer that's the same size, a Homer Simpson. Perfect. They, for some reason, they're the exact same size. Quite a pair. Yeah. They're buddies. That is. That's a buddy comedy I'd watch. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. You wouldn't have to like the studio is just the same place. It, it wouldn't be art. It's true. <laughs> what about you uh, guys? What is it that you'd lean into heavily? Oh man. Um, so primarily, you know, I, I three and three quarter inch Star Wars figures is really kind of my um, the bulk of my collection. You know, that's I still have. You know, speaking going back to the nineties um, during the relaunch. Uh, I still have all of my power of the force, you know, stuff yeah, sure from that, that time. So, I mean, like we're hundreds and hundreds of figures at this point, yeah, um, yeah. when it comes to star Wars, uh, and, um, and right before the pandemic, like kind of right before we started doing this, uh, the show, I got really into the, the MCU Marvel legends. Mm-hmm. So like mm-hmm. the, the mm-hmm. ones specifically from the films and the, you know, now the TV shows and everything. So, um, those two things, along with a little bit of GI Joe classified, a little bit of wrestling, a little bit of NECA, um, is is kind of where where I'm at. Um, and uh, yeah, but I mean, those things alone, <laughs> those, those properties alone, give me give me quite yeah. a bit to uh, 
to I can chew see some, into. Uh, some Spider Verse in your background as well. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. My uh, that's the yeah, that's my my Into the Spider Verse shelf, oh. which I count as part of the MCU now. That's that's oh, that was yeah, how. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I let the guardrails slip a little bit. And I was yeah. like, yeah, you know what? <laughs> that's fair. That's, that counts. That counts now. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it's like wrestling. There's there's a little bit of like McFarlane in there. Um been getting into like three and three quarter horror stuff specifically. Oh, okay. Um no thanks to you guys. Yeah, no thanks. <laughs> yeah, that's one of my one of my buddies actually, he's been on the show too, is like posted about it and i'm like oh they made figures for psycho gorman and or psycho gorman and that's how we got to here pretty much i was like oh there's a joe bob oh there's halloween that's awesome (laughs) and now there's Ghostface, but we'll get there yeah yeah we'll get there Uh, yeah 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 and you know oh there's kevin smith i'm from new jersey um (laughs) (laughs) we expect you to buy them i went to college for this reason um (laughs) So getting into kind of how you guys got to where you are, um, how did you both get into the designing and marketing of toys respectively? And how did you wind up with plastic meatball? Since Roman's the designer, I'll let him kick this one off. So my, yeah, my background is all art. Uh, I started doing a lot of action sportswear and then I landed a gig at Mattel doing licensing for them. Um, I was creating like their first Hot Wheels licensing book. Um, and then I got um, drafted over to the dark side doing die cast for Hot Wheels. So I was doing that for about 10 years, designing, doing all toy design. So that wasn't, toy design wasn't my background. Um, and it was something that I had always liked. I always loved toys. So working there, I was like, oh, great. I can make toys. So, and then I met Mark when I was there. Yeah, we're both ex-Mattel. So that's how we, that's how we, and you were, you were, was it primarily graphics that you were doing for Hot Wheels? Yeah, prim, uh, yeah all graphics. So yeah. tons and tons of flames uh, on the sides of cars. So if you guys ever need any flames, I can draw them for you within like five minutes. I've become a flame master now. (laughs) Roman was great because he had this, he had such a reputation for adding um, a little bit of like levity and whimsy to his designs. And, and there's like, that was kind of the challenge when you were working on that brand was what, what could you sneak past the bosses to actually get it out into the marketplace? Right. And I think one of, one of your claims to fame is the ice cream truck. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Ice, you know it was an ice cream truck design with a soft serve little character on the side. But he, so but, on the yeah. side of the, <laughs> yeah, on the side of the ice cream truck, um, on the door, I put little, like, you know, little kids, uh, little stick figures of kids, but then I crossed them out as if, like, how many kids he had hit. <laughs> and they, it was like, killed, you know, yeah. like 12 kids. Yeah. So I was like, oh, this is cool. I don't know. If, I, don't, I don't think anyone's going to see it. It's going to be so small. And then it yeah. flew, like it made it on the package. They sold yeah. it. And then some, I think legal got a hold of it. And they're like, uh, you got to pull this off. Yeah. I think they changed into, uh, changed into stars or something. Forgot what I had to do. And then we are you, did. Are you, one. Are you, are you, are you also like a big twisted metal fan? Were you, yeah, were you channeling your inner? I'm not a huge fan, but I like, yeah, I loved them. There was just such a dark that's, side that's to it. 
And then yeah, we did a um, we did a monster truck, and I remember getting in trouble with Roman for this one. We did a, a monster <laughs> truck that was taking like uh, one of the famous Hot Wheel castings is called the Dairy Delivery, and it's a it's an old school milk truck from like the 40s, and they took that and made it a uh, a monster truck, and I don't know, it was called like Flying Utters or something like that was the was the name that we gave it, and and the graphic that Roman put on it was this cow with just these huge udders that were right in your face and stuff it was it was hilarious and we got a few prototypes yeah yeah yeah. one was squirting out squirting out it said utter madness that's what it was (laughs) and we got one of the few people that laughed at it so i was like and and approved it i was in charge of the line at the time so i (laughs) i approved it and we got a few prototypes. I don't know if any of the, of the original design made it out into the marketplace or not. But then uh, then the head of design kind of came over and said, what the hell are you guys doing? <laughs> you got to change this. So that was. <laughs> but that's sort of how we we're bonded. Fun. A little bit. We're making toys. That's what we were yeah. doing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my, my journey was a, see, a little bit. I could totally buy like, you know in the world of like grave digger and Bigfoot and all those guys, I could totally buy an utter madness out there smashing cars yeah, and yeah, arenas. Yeah. And just the sheer punniness of it is like right up my alley too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's a good one. But um, yeah, so, so my journey was a little bit different. I was, um, I was a film student. I, I always loved movies and that's what I went to school for. Um, ended up in LA was just kind of taking whatever job I could get flying from place to place. And I ended up at a, a public relations firm, uh, as a, uh, an assistant and then started doing account work. And then one of our clients ended up being Bandai and I started working on that account. And then, uh, my boss left to go to another firm and said, I'm going to work on Mattel. And when the non poach is up, I'm going to bring you with me. So I went over and started working on the Mattel stuff, started working on Hot Wheels. And then at one point, uh, after a, a couple of programs that were pretty successful, they said, hey, you want to you wanna join the marketing team? And I said, well, yes, <laughs> I do. So I w- went over there and started working on the collector business and monster trucks and then track and play sets and eventually, eventually basic cars. And I spent a little over a decade there doing he-man and franchise development and new tech products and and all sorts of stuff it was it was a really good experience and and met a met a ton of really talented talented guys like roman um and that's what what got me into toy um kind of jumped around from place to place uh worked for a few different companies and then it it just kind of got to the point where i was like you know what i i think maybe we could do this ourselves and um enlisted Roman and a couple other folks and yeah, we just kind of ran with it. It was like, look, do it before we get too old. (laughs) So, so where, where did, where did you guys come up with the name, uh, plastic meatball for this, this endeavor? Um, yeah. So, so I'm, I'm always kind of like believing that you need to give, uh, uh, deference to where you came from. Right. And, and since we both came from Mattel and some other folks that work on the team came from Mattel, the Mattel logo on the packaging side, we would always refer to it as the meatball. It's that red circle with the spikes coming out of the side. Right. So when you would go into meetings and stuff, it would always be, well, where are you going to put the meatball? There's a huge version of it 
on the lawn in front of the, <laughs> the main building. And oftentimes when there's pictures, it's like, ah, everybody go outside and meet at the meatball. So when we were coming up with a name, it was, it was twofold. One, what's somebody going to remember? What's so ridiculous that you can't forget it? And two, how do we sort of pay homage to where we came from, right? And, and that's how Plastic Meatball came about. God, I love that so much. <laughs> yeah, that's so cool. And now, and now I will never thing. unsee that. Like, yep. yep. <laughs> well, the other thing, too, is if you, if you look close, the, um, the color scheme is uh, the old Kenner color scheme reversed. So yep. for the... That, uh, I, that I did pick up on. Yeah. But yeah, I, yeah. Oh man. I love that so much. (laughs) Yeah. That's so cool. (laughs) So, so speaking of, of that, you know, that Kenner colorway and the, you know, the little shout to, uh, to that bygone era, you guys have done, or I shouldn't say bygone era, but now it's like, it's, it's back and probably bigger than it's ever been. But, uh, plastic meatball has done a great job of, of combining nostalgia with modern properties. Um, What's it like going from working on something like, you know, we had mentioned briefly Psycho Gorman to something as, you know, classic and retro as, as Labyrinth? I think, like, even though Psycho Gorman is, is a modern movie, when you watch that film, it doesn't feel like it's taking place in the current time, right? It feels like a 90s flick, really. And that was the approach that, yeah. we, that we took yeah. with that. I think the the designs we did just because we wanted a chance to do it are kind of throwback to Star Wars and Kenner and the early bird set and stuff like that. And look, that's not original. A lot of people have done that. Um, we just wanted the chance to do it ourselves. <laughs> so um, that's that's where that comes from. So I don't think it's that much of a leap. I think we look at properties and say, okay, is there, a, is there a retro lens that we can put this through from a design perspective or, or a graphic perspective? And that's kind of how we make those, those decisions, right? Like you, you guys helped us with one of the reveals for Kevin Smith. That really doesn't look like the Labyrinth stuff, which is very much ingrained in an 80s aesthetic. Clerks came out in 94, and figures were chunkier. They were a little bit taller, right? It was kind of that muscular time. So that was kind of what we went with for Jay and Silent Bob and some of the View Askew stuff. Yeah, and 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 Roman, I'd be curious to hear, you know, from a design perspective, you know, uh, shifting back and forth between those kind of different aesthetics. Like what, what uh, you know, what's it like getting a chance to kind of take a swing at both of those? I thought it was really cool because before that we were focusing some of our properties that we were trying to get, they were humans. So everything was like a human, like with different clothes. So Psycho Gorman was our, one of our first ones where it was like space figures. It was like working like on a Star Wars figure. So like, you know, uh, Psycho Gorman's like all like gooey and he has all his texture on it. So it was like, oh, this is fun. Like, you know, now it feels like a whole, like, like you're working on an action figure, like we can do the humans like humans aren't that aren't that hard but then once you start uh, diving into that it's like oh it's exciting and then the uh the white one i forgot the name pandora pandora yeah yeah yeah. like looking on that that thing was amazing the detail like on the actual suit and they were sending us photos of detailed photos of you know what the suit looked like from behind and it was really fun just trying to capture that like on small scale so that was a really uh it was a really uh, fresh breath or 
a breath of fresh air working on that one. It was. Yeah, it was I, I absolutely a, love the Pandora one. Yeah. 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 The, really the, we, the team did a great job on that. And, and, you know, credit too, as Roman was saying to the production team, like this was, this was a project that wasn't on our radar. You know, they, they, they had seen, I think the Joe Bob stuff and it was, I think the, the Raven banner that was going to release the DVD reached out and said, Hey, could you do a figure that we can pack in with, with the DVD when we release it? And we're like, well, tell us about the movie. And we actually talked to Steve Kostansky and, and he and I spent, you know, about 45 minutes just talking about old full moon films properties from Charles band and stuff from back in the day and, and geeking out over like our video store backgrounds and stuff like that. And it was like, this is, this is a match made in heaven right here. We're, we're speaking the same language. And they really encouraged us to lean into sort of this out of time type of uh, approach to the, to the products. And the, the crazier we got with stuff, which was, Hey, is, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a restaurant that they're in. Uh, can we do a, a happy meal for the restaurant? And they're like, Holy shit. Not only can you do the happy meal, but we know the guys that own the restaurant and they'll do a promo at the store. So we created like an eight foot standee <laughs> that they had in the store and people could come in and actually buy a real meal and get the happy meal that we made and the two pint cups at the same time and stuff like that. It was, it was a very fulfilling program to work on just, just from a, a creative standpoint. And they filmed the director filmed a commercial for it as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. He was so excited. The, yeah. Yeah. He did. He did two it's commercials. Like he did like a general commercial. Oh, it was great. Yeah. One was, one was like, um, cause again, we, we were geeking out, uh, at the beginning of hell of the Hellraiser VHS, there's like an ad for all this Hellraiser merch you can buy. And it's, it's ridiculous with like the chains and goo and stuff. And it's like, get your Hellraiser tote bag. And, it, and he's like, we're going to, we're going to do something like that. And then, uh, he wanted to do the action figure commercial too. So he sent him the prototypes and, and, uh, he got, I think one of the guys back into costume to do a, a whole, uh, spiel about that. It was, it was great. So, so sticking with design for a moment, you know, from, from that perspective, take us from start to finish Roman. What, what's, what's the process like at plastic meatball from taking a, you know, a character, whether it's, you know, it's someone like psycho Gorman or, you know, like we saw, uh, sir, sir Didymus from, uh, from labyrinth. What's it like designing it from start to finish? You know, we go from pencil paper to, you know, finished product in your hand. Yeah. So the first step before that is like, Mark will get the license. So we'll try to track down that license, secure it. And once that's a go, then it all starts off with just drawings. So we try to get as much reference from whoever the licensee is. And then we start, you know, going through all of that. And then it's just straight, straight, you know, doodles starts from doodles, scratch, go on to iPad, do turnarounds. Um, and then with the turnarounds, we finalize that. Uh, that has to get approval. And as soon as we do that, then we work on all the different colors for everything. Um, and then we send it out to the sculptor. The sculptor, I work with the sculptor and we try to refine, make sure. Sometimes they'll go like literally like off the drawings, like line by line. And sometimes we'll kind of give them a little bit of freedom and they kind of do their magic within the sculpt. 
Um, and then that comes back and then, but everything's hand sculpt. Like no, there's no 3D on any of this, um, which is great. Like for nowadays, like everything's 3D. Sometimes the 3D is a little bit too smooth, a little bit too clean, symmetrical. Um, like our sculpts are really, you can tell that like they're handmade. Like they're, yep. you know, you can tell that's really, it's mm -hmm. a really good, nice touch, especially when you like hold them side by side by um, some other products that I won't say. Um, but you can tell, you can see, uh, you can see the quality difference. It's really nice. Um, and then from that, at the same time, then we're working with our packaging designer and they're designing the packaging and they're looking for all the images they can find to put on the packages. Sometimes we don't even have the images. Like there's nothing, I'm trying to think of what we had a property and we just could, we didn't have any like images for packaging, like no high res stuff. Yeah. So kind of, have to, you know, search for that. Um, and then you'd kind of have to recreate some stuff to fit on that. Um, but then once everything gets turned around, then it's off. Once everything gets approved, then we send it off to the plants to get made. And then it's still like, you know, art directing and making sure everything's getting made correctly at that point. Yeah. And I, that all I'm, takes place within one week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's quite a long process. Yeah. It takes a, it takes quite a few months. Well, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the, the part about hand sculpting. Cause I, I feel like, you know, I don't want to say that it's a, a dying art form cause it's, it's not, I mean, people are still doing stuff by hand, but like, you know, are you, are you guys still working? Like, are you doing like two ups and then, you know, shrinking it down or is it being sculpted in that, that one eighteen scale? It's, it's being sculpted. Yeah. It's, we, I think it's, um, we do a 3% overage uh, to allow for shrinkage when the mold is made. Um, but that's, that's about it. Um, I, I know, you know, back in the day, they, they would often do two ups, a lot of two ups at Mattel on the action figure side. Um, but here it's, it's pretty much straight to that scale. That's crazy. That is crazy to that somebody is sculpting at that, at that size mm -hmm. and they're coming out like, yeah. like, yeah, especially I mean, the human likenesses. Yeah. Like, yeah, like just a Jamie Lee Curtis. Amazing. The, the, the Lori mm -hmm. figure from Halloween, yeah. like the sculptor nailed her likeness so well. Evil from Time Bandits, David Warner. Like that's, that's the size of your, your pinky nail, mm -hmm. right? And to be able to get expression. I remember we were looking at the, um, the PJ Souls figure and, and we were, we were looking at it and going, hmm she always kind of has this mischievous smirk just PJ is an actress just always has that kind of kind of look and it wasn't really captured there and I mean imagine the sculptor hearing me <laughs> say can you can you make her smile a little more mischievous at you know three quarters <laughs> of a millimeter <laughs> can you get any more nuance yeah in the <laughs> tiny little face yeah, there's but been even, a few you know, instances I, where it's like oh can you like lower the jaw a little bit and you just you hate saying that but you're like can you yeah <laughs> but they do it they do a really good job mm -hmm. yeah I, painting I, too, you know, they paint everything too which is amazing i was like up close like when i first got the series two halloweens just like looking at like the donald pleasant's face or the um charles cypher's face and just being like unreal like that it's like you 
if I held that up to somebody, I was like, who is it? Like, you would know what that, yeah. who that yeah. is. Yeah. Honestly, the one like, that still just blows me amazing. away is the, the hoggle, the, uh, the labyrinth hoggle. Uh, just the uh, amount yeah, of creasing in the, in the face, the texture on the, the headpiece that like actually looks like leather, all the folds in the shirt. I'm like staring at it right now. Yeah. Um, the, all the stuff hanging from his, uh, you know, his like his, the, the thing across his chest. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's just, there's so much detail packed into that figure. And I, you know, I, it's the first time we're getting a chance to, to, yeah. to talk, but, uh, you know, that was a question that I, I'm, I'm really fascinated that somebody is, is sculpting those at, at, you know, one eighteen scale. That's, yeah. that's wild. And it's that's all the wild. credit to the sculptor. Like I'll draw it out, I'll design it and I'll put some of that detail in, but nothing to where when it comes back, it's like, Oh, like they knocked it out of the park. Like, this is amazing. Yeah, and, and that hand sculpted look is part of the charm of it too. Yeah, like definitely. it's just, yeah, there there are pieces right at the end of the day, and and it, it I shouldn't take it personally, but you know when we post some of this stuff up on Instagram and it's like looks like crap, I want detail, and it's like you guys don't understand. Like we, this isn't. I, I hate it when people talk about three and three quarter and, and say, Oh, it's the crappy figure. It's, it's not the crappy figure. It's, it's the one that actually has like some, some human artistry put into it because it is so lovingly sculpted. You know, it's, it's easy these days when you're shooting the movie to, to stick the actor into the 3d scanner and you've got, you know, everything you need and then you output it into CAD and, and manipulate, manipulate it and, and things like that. But, Man, what what these guys are able to do with with just a, a piece of clay and a you know a paperclip essentially is just amazing to me. Yeah, and I, and I mean that's I I like to think that because of the pervasiveness of the three and three quarter inch five point of articulation figure format, you know that that classic you know figure format, like obviously it speaks to. <clears throat> us you know all present here because of our, our ages and the types of figures we initially played with when we were kids but because now that kind of rich history is being continued with some of these you know iconic really iconic franchises that never really had toys you know like mm -hmm. you know it had they made labyrinth figures you know when that came out this is what they would have been right like yeah. like in that time period um you know we we not too long ago, well, actually, it's, it's probably been about a year. Um, we had uh, Tim Clark on on the show of of Boglins, and uh, and he was showing us prototypes that never got made from the dark the dark crystal, and it's like those figures were in that style, right? And like, mm -hmm. can you imagine some wow. of those alien, like you know, some of those yeah. more like alien like creatures and stuff in yeah. that format. Um, so it's it's great to see you know, that tradition continue with not only these new properties, but going back and, and saying, you know, what if, you know, like, yeah, this is, this is what could have been now. Enjoy it now, all these years later. <laughs> that it's, it's great to hear you say that. Cause that's really the whole mission behind the company. It, it really is wish fulfillment and, and seeing like, what if, what if we could live in an alternate past, right? Let, let me make that, Christmas morning that you wished you had when you were eight years old, let, let's make it come true now. And, uh, you know, the, I always say the, the, the best compliment we can get 
is if a casual fan sees our stuff and goes, oh, I didn't know they made this back then. <laughs> like yeah, a few that, of those. That's yeah. what we're rooting for. Yeah. yeah. He's like, oh, is this a like, is this like an old one? Like, is this a vintage? Like, no, we we made we made this. Like, what? yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a I got an email the other day from somebody that wanted to know if uh, the labyrinth figures were uh, reproductions, and I was like, <laughs> no, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and now a word from our sponsors. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. This segment is brought to you by our friends at Chubsy Wubsy Toys. A traditional mom-and-pop toy store in Little Falls, New Jersey, Chubsy Wubsy Toys brings you the best new toys from the brands you love without the hassle of pounding the pavement searching for them at larger retail stores. Visit them in person at their brand new home at 101 Newark Pompton Turnpike Suite 1 in Little Falls, New Jersey, or online at ChubsyWubsy.com. That's C-H-U-B-Z-Z-Y-W-U-B-Z-Z-Y.com. And tell them Adventures in Collecting sent you. Did you know that CGC Video Games now offers cleaning services for your favorite collectibles? Make your collectibles look good as new and give them that extra life in our crystal clear holders. With professional cleaning for sealed, complete in box, and cartridge-only games, maximize the potential of your collection. Submit today at cgcgrading.com. That's cgcgrading.com. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And now, back to the show. We talked about, you know, film school before, and as a late 90s film school kid from New Jersey, um, it was super exciting for us to be able to um, help out with the reveal of the upcoming movie universe figure joining Jay and Silent Bob in the line, of course, mm -hmm. um, with a character base as deep as the one Kevin Smith has created for the universe. Um, what led to the picks for Wave 1, and can we expect to see more characters and even something like a black and white variant in like a clerk style for the future? Yeah, I think, I think anything's possible. Um, we've still got some reveals that we haven't shared yet. Um, and we're not revealing everything. We want to want to have some surprises. There there are limitations on uh, Kevin's movies. Um, not everything is on the table. He doesn't have rights to everything. I think some of the old Miramax stuff, especially, is is kind of held up right now. Um, but that said, there there are a number of characters, well known characters beyond Jay and Silent Bob, beyond Movie. Um, that he does have rights to. And uh, 
I think one of the reasons that he made Clerks 3 and in Clerks 3 essentially made Clerks is so that he can have rights to the movie within a movie, right? Which which opens up the world for us a little bit more, which is great. Yeah, and being the huge Kevin Smith fan, I mean, I was that's what got me into movies too. It's like, ah, uh, mm-hmm. he can make this movie, you know, what movie? What year was that? Ninety what? Ninety seven? Ninety six? Ninety four? Ninety four? Yeah, clerks. Never seen it, and I was like, if he can do it, I can do this. <laughs> so it was like that's there was a big turning point, um, like be wanting to become a filmmaker because of him, uh, and I even have this picture. I built this little one of his first figures came out. I forgot who made it. But I built this little diorama. I got the figures. I built this little diorama. Had his comic books in the background, and then he had a signing at somewhere in Burbank. I drove all the way out there, and I got a picture with him. I was so proud, and him and Jay were in the picture. And I was trying to find it. I couldn't find it anymore. And I was like, "Oh man, this is great!" But then now that we made the figure, it's like, "Oh, how weird!" Like it's come like full circle. Like it's it's so cool when things happen like that. Such like a good feeling. Dave Roman. Roman, Dave. Yes, hi. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it Sun was Coast a, video, Willowbrook Mall, uh, yeah. about 2000. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, the Eric came to the signing, and I remember um, Kevin Smith going, you've watched these? Like, oh, you know, somebody cool. seven years younger than me. <laughs> yeah. And I have this, like, all right. He signed my thing, too, and he signed, he signed the thing. He says, you, sir, are an artist. And I, it was on, the, on a piece of glass. And I have a picture of it, and then uh, five years later or something, the thing fell off the, the uh, shelf and just cracked. Oh! I know, but I still have the photo, and I was like, "Oh, he called me an artist." Yeah. <laughs> yeah my dad took a photo of <laughs> Kevin and I. Um, I was nervous as you wouldn't believe, and all yeah, I could yeah. do was I, I came home from school for the weekend, um, up from South Jersey to go to the signing. Um, and I, all I could really say was thank you to him and <laughs> let him know that that's why I was in school. And so yeah. his, uh, on my clerk's DVD, it's no thank you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think I talked that's to him more cool. than you did. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, but he and yeah, Jay was, just like showed up at the mall. So yeah, that was oh, weird too. That's cool. Yeah. I was yeah. so nervous, like going up to him. I was like, oh, I'm going to ask him this. And then as I got closer, I was like, uh, and I think I asked him like, uh, what screenwriting software do you use? <laughs> and he used he used like um, Microsoft Word. I go, Word oh, perfect. Goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Word. He goes, I just you know just use the tabs. Word like, perfect. Oh, cool, oh cool, bro. All right, bye. Big fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, it was like I, I I'm in film school because of you. Thank you. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like whatever. <laughs> uh, but he was really nice though. He was really nice. Yeah, Such I mean, a nice guy. I met him, yeah, I met him a few times, like, I mean, seconds, and he was a really nice guy. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, I hope, you know, I, I know he's been sharing the, the figures on social media, um, but I, they look, I can't wait to see them in hand. I mean, they, they look. Oh, I am very excited. They look fantastic. So, yeah, I'm um, really happy with the results. Yeah. F- from one, uh, uh, franchise that that that's kind of ripped out of the uh the the cult classic universe to another uh one of the earliest licenses you guys produced was for the uh the iconic uh joe bob joe bob briggs and darcy uh the male girl from the last drive-in um are there plans to uh to revisit this uh and and get some more joe bob and and darcy's into the uh into the mix i i don't know that was um 
that was our first product that we put out there. And, and that came about in a really cool way with uh, Ben Scriven's uh, Fright Rags. Um, I'm from upstate New York, a suburb of Rochester. Uh, Fright Rags is based in Rochester. Ben and I had sort of communicated back and forth a few times on social media. We weren't friends or anything like that, but we had, we'd gone back and forth. And uh, when I was kind of kicking the idea around to starting this, uh, I reached out to him because he was really cool about, you know, Fright Rags is a, a, at its core a t-shirt business, horror t-shirts, right? Yeah. And he had started mm-hmm. this while he was working on another job. And I was just really interested m- less in a partnership and more about tell me what I shouldn't do as I start a business <laughs> and start investing my own money into this, right. To, to be successful. Cause he, he, he was always giving advice to people on, um, social media. So we met up when I was back home, uh, for, for dinner and had a great conversation. And at that point he kind of said, have you guys ever thought like, we just put a Joe Bob shirt out and it sold like hotcakes. We weren't expecting that. We'd love to do a figure. And I was like, wow. Okay. Um, I've got a guaranteed order now that for somebody that's going to sell this and we can kick the tires and see, can we deliver a concept from drawing to prototype to production with the factory that we've got uh, overseas? And it let us test that model. Um, so I owe him and, and Fright Rags a, a, a ton of gratitude. Uh, and that partnerships continued. Now we've done two, we did the red and the blue Joe Bob from the initial launch. We did a Halloween Joe Bob. We did the Christmas Joe Bob and Darcy and we've done Darcy. Um, all of that within a span of about three years, I think. So right now we don't have plans to do more. Um, but they still have a great relationship with Joe Bob. Uh, we have a relationship now with Joe Bob, which has been great. Um, so the opportunity's there. Uh, I just we don't currently have any plans. I think it's you, you don't want to you don't want to flood the marketplace. I don't want to take advantage of the fan base that feel like they've got to have one of everything. We're not going to do you know neon glow in the dark on a Remco package, Joe Bob. I can tell you that like it's it's so many of these things it's just churn and and i don't want us to do churn so sticking with the the with fright rags um as you said you guys have had a a really fun relationship with them we've mentioned the halloween figures those were fantastic and you recently just announced uh uh with fright rags the the ghost face figures Mm -hmm. um which I'll, I Ghostface I and and Fun World right Fun World costumes, yeah. um, I like to refer to them as the George Lucas of costume purveyors because they <laughs> locked down that that Ghostface license and didn't <laughs> like just they like I it kudos to them they do not get enough credit yeah. for how well they've protected Ghostface mm-hmm. over yeah. the years, yeah. um, but what, what's it what's it been like to uh, to to introduce that uh, into into the mix. Fun project. Um, you know, it's it's like the Ghostface has become so iconic. Quite honestly, I don't I don't know if was Scream first or was the mask first. Like for Scream, did they just use the Ghostface mask, and that's why Fun World can lock that down? Yeah. I think that's the case. Yeah, yeah. 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 The mask came out first. 
Yeah. yeah. So yeah, they they um, they license the costume. That's that's why we we always yeah. like to make the joke that when MTV did the did the Scream TV show, they didn't. For the first to, season, they had to make something new. Yeah, they had to make right. their own. Uh, the the killer wore a different costume because they didn't want to shell out for the. <laughs> for oh, the mask. that's right. That's amazing. I forgot, I forgot about it. that's awesome. And then the subsequent seasons, they were like, "All right, fine." <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, that was, that was one they've got a, uh, Fright Rags has a relationship with them. They were launching the game on Kickstarter and they wanted to have some other products to sort of pepper in with that. So I know they did mini masks and a bunch of shirts and then they wanted three figure variants, uh, as well. And, and my understanding is it's, it's a very limited window that they can take orders for this. So I think the, the pre-sales going on through this week. Um, and then I'm not sure if it's ever going to be available again after that. I'm not sure what the contract is with, with fun world. Well, very cool. I mean, they look awesome again. That's one of those things where that, that costume has, uh, has kind of transcended the, uh, the, the annual spirit Halloween pop-ups and is, <laughs> is something that's relevant, uh, you know, all year round and. Oh yeah. Well, forever be. Yeah, and, and all the different var- variations yeah. of the masks too, like the the devil one and the um, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, like the the like rotten zombie looking one. Yeah, yeah, and those are the three. It's the normal, the kind of aged, and the devil. Yeah, yep. that's correct. Yep. I think next year will be the clown face that they're doing. Oh no, I don't know <laughs> the clown makeup. <laughs> Put a red nose on him. Hey, you so know we- what? Yeah, keep, keep reinventing. Just, <laughs> yeah, it's, keep it's evolving. Great. Possibilities are endless. So we've talked about the you know the the classic scale, the three and three quarter scale. Um, all of the releases thus far have been in that scale. Um, are there any plans to expand beyond that? Um, well, Emmett, we do have some larger ones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Emmett. Roman. Emmett Otter, um, he's coming out. Should be available by December, January, right, Mark? God, I hope time. so. <laughs> yeah. So, but that is approximately what is that? Five inches. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're large. They're large figures. Um, and those came out really, really good. We're really happy with those. And that was a long. We've been working on that for a while, for a few years, just going back and forth, back and forth, trying to nail down everything. Um, but that was that was those were our first big ones. Yeah, the I, idea see, I there was, that I didn't, I didn't realize those were I th- I thought those yeah, were the same, uh, same scale as everything else. No, the the idea there was um to look at the uh Rudolph line that uh playing Mantis did back in the 90s and and cuz they did it not just for Rudolph but for Santa Claus is coming to town and for a couple of the other Rankin Bass specials and those are my Christmas decorations like those come out yep. bumbles there with Santa Claus and you know, it's, it's around the fireplace. And the thought was, well, if we're going to do Emmett, he should be scaled in that world so that he can fit in with the other decorations that, that people, you know, you bring those out once a year. So you want them to all live together. That, that is brilliant. Yeah. I, I completely missed that when you, when you yeah, got originally too. put those up, I, I, I assumed assume that they were in that the same uh the same scale that's awesome well that means i didn't do my yeah. job <laughs> yeah i was just thinking about that like we didn't we didn't show the scale 
we didn't show them to scale yet. Like I was thinking of the photos that I took, but we didn't. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah, we just said right down, I'll put it on my list. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's an all timer though. That's one of those, if you know, you know, like wore out the VHS oh. back when I was yeah, a kid yeah. from, from the HBO special. Loved like, it. It's yeah. up. I, you know, we had to rewatch it again, and it's like it still holds up. It's it, a good, mm-hmm, absolutely, sure does. still holds up. Yeah, we, yeah. I, I, so I have a, a an eight year old and a, a two year old, and a couple years ago, before uh, before my littlest one was was born, I, I showed her Jug Band Christmas, and we ended up watching it like all the way through February, just like, yeah. <laughs> you know, just on nice. on repeat. So it's just it so that still holds up. From every other Christmas special out there, aside from maybe Charlie Brown, it's it's just so different yeah. in terms of tone and the way that you sort of feel after, right? You're not super cheery, but you're hopeful. And and I, there's just such a charm about that. And uh, the Henson folks have been great to work with. We just renewed our license with them. So there's going to be a lot more Emmett coming. The idea is that you're going to be able to sort of like a – what is it like the Hamilton collection or whatever they advertise in parade? You're going to be able to add to your little Christmas village every year type of thing. So we're, we're working on more and more characters awesome. for that. That, that, is, that is very cool. And we actually going back, we actually, hopefully we can make some more figures. Yeah. Larger figures. But we're using the same factory that made the old Rudolph figures. We did a ton of research to find out, okay, what was the factory that, that, that produced this with the blow molded heads and stuff. And, um, we got them. So it's, it's been a, it's one of the reasons why it's taken so long is because it it isn't our usual facility. So there's relationship building that goes into that as well. But they turned out great. Interesting. Yeah, that's, now, now with that kind of annual idea, if if some, anybody's been late to the party, are they are they out, or are they is are, is there going to be more opportunity to bring characters there'll be, back? There'll be more opportunity. I think you know what what we pre sold last year, and I thank everyone that jumped on that because I hate pre sales. I think you should have the confidence in your product to produce what you think should be produced and put it into the marketplace and, and sell through. Don't, don't make people wait. Um, I know that you have to sometimes, especially for some of those really like high end, this is the only way I can convince management to do it type of products. We did that at Mattel as well. Um, but I, I hate that <laughs> for this one. It was literally how, how big's the fan base? How, how many should we make? We have no idea if anybody remembers this aside from a handful of people. So we had to do it for the first year to sort of get a sense of, okay, this is what the quota should be moving forward. Um, But there will be an opportunity. We sold in a two pack and I think we're going to make those available as singles for subsequent years. So the the majority of plastic meatballs lines have been kind of in this horror and, and fantasy genres, you know, uh, bouncing in between, in between both a little bit of sci-fi too. Um, what do you, you guys look for in a license and, and what properties in those aforementioned genres, uh, would you love to create a line for? It's pretty much Roman sends me pictures of stuff off Instagram and says, this would be cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just looking at the, 
like looking online, like, hey, who has a license for this? Can we make this? Yeah. Like, I don't know, Roman. <laughs> Very scientific approach. <laughs> I like whatever, it. Whatever's it? cool. Yeah, whatever's... Um, yeah. I mean, there's some stuff out there that we would really like. Um, like, I don't want to say names, but there's some. there's a lot of... Uh, there's so much stuff out there. Um, it's just a matter of, okay, can we get the license? Well, first we got to get, find out the info, like who, like, if, especially if it's an older movie, like who owns the property for this? And sometimes I think there was something specific, Mark, that you were trying to track down, um, who owned it. There's, uh, there was one that we can, still can't find. I thought, um, yeah, if it's a movie property, there's a lot, there's a few that, yeah, that you just, you know, somebody bought it from somebody, then it, it went into someone else's ownership. So it's just like, oh, you know, it'd be great if we can make it, but it's just a matter of like tracking down, like, well, who owns that license? I mean, yeah, figure what, like 75% of the time it's Disney, right? At, at, this, at this point. <laughs> well, the other thing too is like, you can always look to, to be like, what is it out on DVD? If it's not out on DVD or Blu-ray, there's a generally a pretty good reason and it's the licensing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. There's that too, but, but I, I got to tell you, even if, even if it is on DVD, sometimes the studio that releases, releases the DVD doesn't own the rights to the movie. They just have distribution rights. Yeah. So yeah. You, you go down this weird rabbit hole, you know, um, and, and sometimes you'll reach out to the studio and the studio doesn't want you to make it. So they won't tell you whether they own it or not. Um, it, you know, I think one of the struggles that we have it's a freedom too. Like, like Roman said, we just go, I always wanted this. Let's make it. And then we, we go on the hunt. We're not beholden to, you know, Oh, oh we have to break in this much dough this month. Right. So it's, it's more of a hobby for us right now and less of a business. I, I think we're in that sort of transitional moment where we're trying to make it more of a business and, and have more regular releases. But it's been sort of a flight of fancy, which has given us freedom to sort of chase these things that we love. Um, and, you know, I, I, working with the studios when I was working for bigger companies, they generally have like, here's the 10 properties that we're going to focus on this year. And it's why everybody comes out with the same stuff at the same time. Like, I love Halloween 3. Stop making Halloween 3 merchandise now. Right. Like it, Universal caught on. Oh, there's somebody for this. So trick or treat, we're going to let you do this. And NECA, you're going to do this. And you guys, you're going to do this. And suddenly there's just how many versions of those trick or treaters do I need? Right. Like it's it's crazy. So we don't ever want to get caught up in that. We want to be the company that's making the stuff that you can't find anywhere else, you know, um, and that's that's challenging. The other thing too is you've you've got lawyers that are going like I've got to justify the time it's going to take to put a contract together so that you guys can make a line of products for the last dragon. I'm not going to do that. I don't have that time. And then Roman, you know, weeps a little bit because he likes to dance to the rhythm of the night. Yeah, it's like why not? <laughs> It's a no-brainer, you lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so so tell us tell us then about because you know, obviously we, we, there's 
there's licenses I'm sure that you guys are either working on or have not announced yet. So like, obviously we don't want to talk about that, but like, let's talk about some, I mean, we want to talk about that, but we can't, um, something like labyrinth or, or Emmett Otter, like we mentioned, like how, like, tell us about that process. Like how did, how did that go? Like, you know, you decided like, I want to make a Jareth figure. <laughs> like, like what, well, like, and at that point, you know, you know that that's Jim Henson. So, you know, how, mm-hmm. how did that, how did that process and start for the you actor is no longer with us? Yeah. Like, yeah, there's, yeah. Um, I'll let Mark answer that, but I don't know who did we get first? Did we get, um, labyrinth or, um, Emmett? We got them at the same time. They're both Henson. So it was, it was, uh, I think we pursued them for, um, you know, because Labyrinth has been done in a more detailed way. Um, so we were going after Emmett. And then while talking to them, they threw out, well, what about Labyrinth? And we're like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> I mean, I, we've, we've been really lucky with some of this stuff. You know, like I said, the, the Psycho Gorman came to us. Kevin Smith's people came to us. Uh, I, I think putting out a few really good quality products with solid marketing and and programs behind them have caught the eye of people. And, you know, they, they have approached us at the same time, you know, Roman and I went to uh, licensing expo, which is a show that happens once a year uh, in Vegas where everybody comes and, you know, tries to sign up new deals. And we went there and nobody knew what plastic meatball was. It was tough to get meetings, but we did get meetings. I mean, quite, quite honestly, I think we, we were relying on our relationships from, from our past lives to sort of open those doors a little bit, which was great. Um, but we met with Tatsunoko, uh, Battle of the Planets, when we were there. Nothing happened, but we stayed in touch. And every six months, just ping. Hey, hope you're doing. The guy's name was Kaz. Hey, Kaz, hope you're doing well. Blah 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 blah. Oh, hey, yeah, love what you guys are doing. And you kind of, you you just keep knocking on doors. You know, it's you hear that for tons of different industries. And we got Battle of the Planets. And you know, it, I, I know everybody's like, when's it coming? When's it coming? It's it's coming. We're sculpting it right now. Um, but it, it's just a lot of determination and and a, and a lot of like not giving up. You know, there's. There's one studio that we've been working on for four years, four and a half years. We got a draft contract a year ago. There needed to be some changes to the language. I'm still waiting for the revision. (laughs) (laughs) And that, folks, is what we call red tape. (laughs) (laughs) But it's, it's baby steps, you know, and you just you just don't give up. Well, it's yeah. it's re- it's really cool to to watch, you know. And we, we didn't even talk about the serial mascots. Jeez, no, um, yeah, that's, are those are great too. Also amazing. And that was and that was another thing that we just went up. That was random. Just hey, what are you guys doing? Uh, we make we at the licensing show. We just yep. approached them, and this is what we do. We do a uh, here's our info. Um, hey, call us if you guys need anything. We'll reach out. And then I think then you got a call mark, right? They reached out yeah. to you. Yeah, about a month later, they they hey, I got your business card. Did we talk at the show? Y- yes, we did. Here's what we <laughs> talked about. Great, let's do it. 
okay. <laughs> yeah, so, so some of them are just a matter. Some of them are just that easy. Yeah, and then others are four and a half, five years of of relationship building. Just like life. Just like <laughs> just like life. So speaking of questions and and answers. Um, this next section was supposed to be our follower Q and a, but our conversation actually answered two of the three Q and a questions already. So we'll right. shout out to folks that, that answered, that asked those questions, but Dave, um, yeah. can you please remind our listeners, uh, <laughs> how do they submit questions for our Q and a segments on this show? Yeah, so we have those social medias, um, and you'll occasionally see on on the the old Instagram that we're gonna announce a, a, a new episode and that a guest is coming on, and it'll be in a story and it'll say, "Do you have a question for um, it, for this example for uh, Mark and Roman from Plastic Meatball?" And then you can click on that box and send us a question. And um, the best way to find out when that's gonna happen. You hit that subscribe button or that follow button. Um, and if you're listening to this on YouTube, you hit that follow button as well. Just smash that follow smash button. Smash it. Smash and then it. hit that thumbs up and leave a comment. Let us know what you like. And hit that bell because that's when you're going to find out when there's a new video or an unboxing or an episode. Um, yeah. Leave reviews. Let us know. <laughs> Algorithms. Thank you. Algorithms. Thank you, Dave. And and that and that's and I'm told that's the uh, algorithm is a big thing. Follow follow all of those instructions in that precise order. <laughs> if you can parse those instructions, make sure to follow them. It's they're so, about as 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 vague as a bake off recipe. <laughs> and a, and but not stodgy. They're not stodgy. No. And listen, if you follow no, them in order, bottoms here. Listen, you follow them all in order, and the next time you see Dave in person, the Paul, Paul Hollywood, Hollywood handshake, handshake is nothing compared to the Dave Weinbrecht handshake. Just just throwing it out there. I thought um, you were going to say smash Dave. <laughs> no, please don't. I'm fragile. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's liable to break, guys. Um, all right, so. It's happened far too much. We, we had three questions planned for this Q&A, and, and like I mentioned, two of them were, were already answered. So at Mile High Ground on Instagram, awesome account, by the way, um, huge advocate for three and three-quarter inch figures. Um, mm-hmm. I, he wanted to know what the scope of the VUSQ Universe license was, and we, we already answered that. Um, and then uh, at J... Oh, God. J Metagic? On Instagram, we'll, we'll go. That's with that. right. Um, want, just wanted an update on the Emmett Otter figures, which we also, uh, which we also tackled. So that leaves us with one additional question here from uh, from our followers. Um, at Dave, do you want to do this one? Why don't you do this one? All right. Um, at Remco Monster on Instagram asks, "Can we expect to see any more releases in your Time Bandits line?" Mark? Well, look, I was going to let you go. I was going to let you go. Yes. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) They are, uh, they are, they are, uh, sculpted right now. Uh, and just doing the the final touches on uh, the next four and sending those over to the licensor for approval. So that's, that's where we are with that. And I think we're, 
we're up for a renegotiation on that license as well, which we we expect to renew. Uh, that would be the only thing I think that stops us is if if the if our uh, license doesn't get renewed. But our relationship with them has been very very good. So, in in a sort of related note, Monty Python figures would be really cool too. Just just throwing that out there. Right. That'd be really really cool. Um, <laughs> I mean, there are other movies that have been made in that universe too, yeah. by the way. There's- yeah, but are you are you talking movies or are you talking Flying Circus? I mean, because so many ways you could go. So many, yeah. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Some some movies that are out there just like Time Bandits too. Yeah. Yes. Yes. You lost it. Just yes. Just yes. Oh, I I was saying certain adventures of a certain Baron. Oh, okay. In the oh. Gilliam Gilliam realm, yeah. Oh, yeah. I wasn't even thinking that. But yeah, that one. That that I would love that. That's probably my favorite movie of his. Um, it's such a great adult fairy tale. But I I don't like the great thing about Time Bandits is it's independently owned. Yeah. One of the studios has that. I think it's with Sony right now. And that they complicates were, things. It does. <laughs> They're quite a big company. <laughs> All right, so that that is our was probably the shortest Q and A section we've ever had on one of these episodes. But, yeah, but it, we got all the questions we answered. Did. We so. did it. We did it. We yeah. we were we were very we time aware. Um, so this this brings us before we let you guys go. Uh, this brings us to our final question. Yes. Um, and I think this is going to be, I, we go, we plow through with this every time, not knowing whether our guests are going to understand the reference or not. But I think this is going to be one of those few times where like everybody's, everybody's in on this. I think everybody's going to be in on this. Um, Dave, would you like to fulfill your role as this podcast's James Lipton and ask our final question? Why, yes, I would. The final question that we ask all of our guests, what is your strangest and or favorite piece in your collection? It can be one of each, or it can be both. Let me go first, Mark. Yeah, go for it. I have uh, my... I don't know if it's strangest, but it's a very um, peculiar piece. It's... um, it's a vinyl, uh, a vinyl toy. It's about eight inches. It was done by a fellow named, uh, what's his name? Uh, Spencer Davis. Spencer Davis made this line called Booty Babes. And they were all <laughs> like these voluptuous like figurines. Uh, but he came out with this one and it was, it was hollow. It was made hollow, like a brown tint with a little like... Um, yellow cap so it looks kind of like a mrs butters mrs buttersworth oh figure. that's awesome yeah but it's uh but it's it's a very voluptuous mrs butterworth and she's in a little provocative pose so it's a provocative syrup bottle yeah <laughs> love it but it's done really and has a little top on it you can unscrew it and screw it off it's, it's not filled with anything but so that's one of my weirdest ones and then my one of my favorites that i just recently bought was um it's called Adventure, what was it called, Mark? Adventure People? 
Yeah, the old Fisher Price Adventure people. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. 1977. It, it comes, there's two little action figures. It comes with a Jeep, a tent, and a kayak. And I bought it on eBay because I had it as a kid. And I took that little Jeep and figures to the beach. And I was playing with it. And during their adventures, I was making tunnels and making the little action figures go in the tunnels. And at some point, the sand swallowed them up. And I have no clue where they went. And so when we were leaving, they're like, uh, like my parents were like, okay, we got to go. I was like, I got to get my figures. Like, where are they at? Like, no, we got to go. So I was traumatized by leaving those two action figures behind. But luckily, I just recently bought them and I am full again. My spirit has been redeemed. <laughs> hey, listen, there, there is a family of dolphins that have been handing down those adventure people as, as dolphin family heirlooms for decades. <laughs> You 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 made you made baby dolphins and generations yep. of dolphins really happy yes. by leaving yes. those in the sand. <laughs> or I was gonna say somebody got buried like you know buried up to their neck one day and like they were like what is this? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's really what happened to Ted Danson in uh, in, in Creep Show. They were just the yeah. adventure people were waiting in the sand. Oh, right? <laughs> in Creep Show. Oh man, forgot about that. That's awesome, and and yeah. it, it continues the running theme of people losing childhood toys they love in the water right wasn't it toy farce was on and Raphael got washed away in france on him i think so yeah, yeah. Oh, and left, like reclaiming yeah, lost he, toys he left Raphael yeah. near a river yeah. and, and a river in france took took him away <laughs> oh no god that's tr- oh that's even worse yeah <laughs> yeah it's so, but Mark, it's so what, about, what about you well i I'm, i don't have a lot of things you know like so much of what we're about is that sort of reclaiming lost childhood or, or the childhood you wished you'd had type of thing. And, and I still have all the toys I had when I was a kid. I was, nice. I was an only child. And, uh, uh, so I didn't have brothers to break them. Uh, I had a, a mother and a father that were collectors and we would spend our weekends going to flea markets and antique shows. So they were very smart and knew that when Santa brought me, uh, the millennium Falcon, that uh, Santa also would put the box in a separate room because I might want that down the road. So I, I very, very smart parents from, from that regard. So a lot of what I go after every once in a while is stuff that I just didn't even know existed for properties that I loved. And one of the ones that I got, I don't know, probably within the last five years, five, 10 years off eBay, mint, unopened in the box uh wkrp dj uh turntable which is you know kids in 1978 could really relate to the inner workings of a of, of an am radio station <laughs> in cincinnati i'm sure um a lot of demand for this product because everyone wants to be less nested yeah, it, it was it, it, Dr. Johnny Fever. Dr. Johnny <laughs> Fever, right? Um, but I, again, I, I was weird, I guess. And as a as a five year old, I love that show. So so to find out that this actually existed and to be able to get that that sort of became a, a fun little centerpiece of the of the collection. Um, I don't know if that's weird or favorite or or, or both. Um, you know, I, again, I'm I'm all over the map, guys. I think I've, I've Certainly Star Wars figures got me into this. Uh, but then it's like, wow, look at how ridiculous some of these rack toys are. And um, yeah, I need some Simon and Simon walkie talkies. 
rack toys, man. There's a great uh, book that's yeah. like, that catalogs the rack toys. Awesome. Yeah. I think there's like two volumes of it out now. Yeah. Oh, I think it's yeah. Plaid Stallions guy, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Plaid, yeah. Plaid Stallions. Yep. Yep. Fascinating oh, corner of the toy world. Rack yeah. Toys. Yeah. So I like digging and into I mean, that. And in theory, like the break in two poster can count too. So, or like Absolutely the Rocky two billboard. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> there you well, go guys. Uh, thank you so much for, for coming on the show and, yes, and, and sharing, you. you know, sharing this hour or so with us. Uh, but before we let you go, uh, plugs, where can we find out the latest about plastic meatball online? Um, what pre-orders do you guys have open right now? Uh, let it rip. Yeah, I think, you know, it's mainly follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Um, come to the website, sign up for the mailing list. We we don't spam you. I think we've sent out three updates in the last year. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get better, I promise. But it's just right now we're so focused on making this stuff that, that we're not doing the best at promoting it, I suppose. So, um, yeah. Follow us on on Facebook and Instagram. I think is is the main thing. Um, pre-orders we don't have any up. Um, I think the next thing we've got you know Labyrinth is live right now. Time Bandits is live. Kellogg's is live. Uh, there's still a little bit of the Psycho Gorman stuff back for the holidays, so people can get that if they haven't gotten it. Um, I don't know anything. Oh. We've got some Flash Gordon stuff coming out that people should look for, which is pretty cool. Uh, Based on the 1980 movie, uh, we're doing a set of um, four fast food collectible drinking glasses. Um, And this is completely in the Burger King style, so much so that, like, I'm drinking out of one right now. The Empire Strikes Back glasses. The shape of that glass is so unique and i went down a rabbit hole and found out who produced this glass back in 1981 uh it was the libby corporation and they no longer make that model anymore and they wouldn't make it for us so we found a factory that would and we've replicated this glass it's only taken two years uh and we've got a a fantastic artist um that did very sort of tongue-in-cheek illustrations of that collage style of, you know, Princess Aura being tortured by boar worms and stuff like that. So they're <laughs> they're uh, they're they're really good. They're really well done. Really nice. So those will those will be here in time for the holidays. And then on top of that, we have there's a ton of stuff still that's in the works. Um, yeah, I was just going through like all my turnaround drawings. I was like, oh, there's a lot of work that we've done that we can't announce yet. Um, but there's a lot coming out. Yeah, we have. A do, lot we, do you want to announce one? Is there one? Is there one we want to announce? Is there one? Oh, a, a, a little yeah. a little end of show exclusive reveal. Yeah, for those that, for those that followed the journey for an hour and 16 minutes, <laughs> a little reward. Yeah, we'll give them something. Um, let's see. One of the things that we're going to, uh, be doing, and we, we just signed to this as we re-upped with King features syndicate is, uh, relating back to those flash Gordon glasses. We're going to be doing flash Gordon, uh, figures, but maybe not what people expect. 
Um, again, going back to our roots, Mattel did a line of Flash Gordon figures for the animated series back in the 70s, and they produced three waves of action figures, and we're going to be producing wave four. So you can look for those next year uh, with characters that were never introduced, a lot of core characters to that show uh, that we're really, really excited about. Very cool. And much like the Emmett Otter uh, figures kind of fitting in with that Rankin Bass, these will fit lockstep with those those, uh, previous releases. Right down to the card art. Amazing. Oh, that's so cool. Very, very cool. Well, can't wait to see what those uh, what, what you guys have in store for that. Uh, Mark, Roman, thank you guys so much for, yes, for spending the so evening much. with us. Uh, we'll put links in the in the the, the description uh, so that way people can follow uh, everything that's going on with with Plastic Meatball. Just you know, with a with a click or a tap. Um, yeah, thank you guys so much for for being here with us. Of course, yeah, it was a pleasure. Yeah, this was fun. Uh, Thanks, guys. Dave. Send us home. Um, oh, well. Oh, uh, save every one of us. <laughs> Thank you, dear listener, for hanging out with us today. Subscribe, rate, and review us wherever you listen, and then tell your friends to do it. Thanks also to Joe Azari, the golden voice behind our intro. Our music is Game Boy Horror by the Zombie Dandies. Find more about them both on our show notes. Follow us on social media at AIC underscore podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Stop by and say hi. Show us your toy hauls and share your toy stories. Maybe we'll talk about it in a future episode. Don't try this at home. Voidware prohibited and some assembly required. Each sold separately, not a flying toy. Consult a physician if your toy run exceeds more than four hours. This has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer, Frank Hablawi. This program and many others like it on the Non-Productive Network is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com.